What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for a legitimate Monday rundown. Tom, I didn't start with yo. I listened to our last one. I was like, yup, no fucking way am I starting with that. How you doing? Uh, I wish you didn't say that because I was just about to scream yo at the top of my lungs and have the neighbors <laughs> uh, call a uh, call a sound call a sound complaining. Save that for next one. Yeah, yeah. It'll be there. It'll be there for sure. It'll be there. Who knows? I'll probably forget next time, and then, you know, we're right back on the horse with the yo's. Uh, Anyway, hey, I just want to say before we get into this, um, Chris Paul ended uh, his speech after the game, or his press conference after the game, rather, with go out and vote, encouraging his players, every one of his teammates to go out and vote. So we're going to do the same on the pod. Everybody go out and vote in November. Uh, It's getting super close. Awesome. Shout out to Chris Paul. And yeah, we are coming down the uh, coming down the stretch here. Summer's almost over. We are, man. Uh, DNC last week. Um, Republicans on the way. Uh, it's about to be an election year unlike any other. But anyway, we're going to go. Let into me talk sports. about one thing that I just sure. remembered before we jump into this. And I was talking yep. to my mom about this because I saw it. And there's these new Trump 2020 stickers. And it says no more bullshit. Are you serious? Yeah, it says Trump 2020, no more bullshit. It's like, do you guys realize who's been president for the last four years and you're saying no more bullshit? I just like that he's running. That's just the epitome of a Trump person. Well, don't say that word, but yes. I mean, with other words that we can use, yeah. I mean, like, let's just be frank, man. Like, he is the only president who's running on a campaign to like go against things that he's created himself. He's like, no more of this, no more of this. We got to stand up for this. I'm like, you mean all the things that you've directly contributed to over the last four years? Like what in the hell kind of reality is this? Yeah. Just a quick observation, but everybody please go out there and vote. I'm not going to try and sway in either direction, but just vote. Uh, let's talk playoffs. I'm done with politics. Let's fucking do it, man. Um, so let's just do a quick talk before we go into the legend of Luca growing even stronger. Raptors finished off the nets. We knew that was coming. But one thing here, Lowry well, suffered an ankle, ankle sprain. Yeah, and his status for the beginning of the series against Boston uh, is up in the air. And if they lose him or if he's compromised, that could really shift how that series goes. Uh, but there were no surprises for you that Toronto finished off the sweep, right? No, not at all. I mean, it, it was a nice little run your Nets had, even with Kyrie basically missing the whole season and Kevin Durant actually missing the whole season. But, I mean, we knew we knew the better team in this one. I mean, I think if you go up and down the roster, I'd probably take the Raptors starting five before maybe I even took one net. So we knew how this was going to go. Yeah, I think Harris is the only one that you could possibly put in that discussion, and then it's like four more Raptors. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it went the way that we and should have And Harris is interesting because I think he, if he does, when he's up for a new contract, somebody's going to pay him a lot of money, and he's like in that limbo where it's like right now he's underrated, but when he gets that huge contract, he's going to transition very much into overrated. Well, remember, he's, he's like, under. For me, he reminds me of a Jamal Crawford type, right, where he's super skilled, super talented on the offensive end, probably a little bit better defensively. But then the Knicks go out and get him to be this all-star player, something that he just never was instead of letting him have his role. And and I think that's going to happen at Karras, where the money's just not going to justify him. Well, I agree with your evaluation as of now for sure. But remember, Karras is under a very team-friendly deal for another three years. So that big money contract you're talking about isn't coming anytime super soon. I'm with you, though. I mean, it was cool to see him finally be in the position where he had to be the guy I think, I think he's team, perfect but... for the Nets, though, because, I mean, that's a guy that instant offense off the bench, and he can run a second unit. You know I'm a Karras guy. I like him. I don't know what he projects to. Um, but he's a very good player. And I do think that, you know, even Dame gave him the shout out after that game against Portland, but you know, the Nets, they, it was, it was a nice little run, like you said, but it was short lived. And and I'm glad that they got swept yesterday. You hate to see those series, like one team winning, like down three Oh, and just finding a way to win. Like as a fan, you kind of want to just get those over with. So Toronto props to them. They're awaiting Boston because in 
just a very impressive way for them, but also terribly unimpressive way for the Sixers. That series ended in a sweep 4-0 in favor of the Celtics. We're going to unpack the Philly situation later on when we talk about Brett Brown, but, man, what were your takeaways from this series? Because I, I didn't expect a sweep. I don't think you did either. No, but I think after – when was the blowout was in game two, right? Game two, yeah. I think after that blowout, they, they, uh, the Philly roster up and down, except for maybe um, maybe Tobias Harris and uh, what's the rookie's name? Are you talking uh, – are you talking Thibault? Yeah, I think Thibault and Harris were the only yeah, two. Yeah, Shake Milton too. I just think even Shake Milton, the, the rest of the team except for the two guys I mentioned just looked like they, they were ready for vacation. They did, right? And I don't know if that's part of coaching or lack of motivation, intrinsic motivation, whatever it is. I think it's Even both. Embiid looked defeated. Well, Embiid, as you know, I mean, Embiid looked defeated and he looked dead. I think, I think Embiid, honestly, and I thought about this in the car, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think the first time the NBA season got put on put on notice and postponed i think Embiid said whatever we're never coming back and just got fat and happy i didn't give that thought uh but that he just well looked out of be. shape throughout the entire bubble i think he looked great during the regular season i believe yeah he was definitely an all-star what seems like a million years ago and then this hiatus happens because of COVID, and I think he thought that, hey, we're not coming back till next year. I'll just treat it like the regular off season, and I'll get in shape when I need to get in shape. And then he was blindsided, and you know those three months that he could have been staying in shape and maintaining, or if not getting in better shape, a la Bryson DeChambeau, um, <laughs> he he just got fat and happy. That's what I think, at least. Shit, man. Well, if you are indeed correct, I mean, I don't know if it was weight he put on or maybe he just wasn't staying as conditioned. I mean, he's had conditioning problems in the when past. I think happy, well I'm known. not saying he actually looked fat. It's just, you know, I think he I don't think he was in NBA basketball shape. I think it's just hard for him, too. I mean, he's such a big guy that he's not if he's not in peak fitness I mean, he's going to look lethargic. I mean, especially the way the Celtics play. They, they had him running all over the place. It's a tough thing for somebody of his body type to do. Like I said, it wouldn't be the first time he's had conditioning issues. Um, but either way, he didn't look right, and neither did this entire Sixers team. No, I think um, I think they're going to – we already talked about it. They're going to run it back. No doubt. Well, at least we, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, well, let's get into Philly later because there's so much. I think to talk they're going to run it back because they got re- want to talk about them now or later. It's up to you. Let's talk about it later because I think there's a lot to unpack, and we can talk about Boston real fast before getting into some of the rest of these series. Because Boston put on a fucking show. It wasn't just Philly and Aptitude. Boston played great, especially the duo of Tatum and Brown. Yeah, and Kemba looked to be much healthier, and I think that's that's going to help him out a lot, especially if. You have uh, Kyle Lowry missing on the other end, who is going to be the primary defender on Kemba. The way they looked, man, they really looked like the second-best team in the East. And at at points, maybe the best team, because we know Milwaukee, they've got Giannis, the MVP, but we don't know what what Middleton is. I mean, he could go hot or cold. If, If Tatum and Brown and Kemba play the way they did in this series... I don't know if Milwaukee can even beat them. They're that good. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's four teams that are legit, and we add you can add Boston to it with the way Kemba's playing. I mean, you, we obviously know the Raps are the defending champs, and you have Milwaukee with the reigning MVP. But then you and I mentioned the Heat, and then who are up right now on the Pacers, and we talked about the Celtics as a throw-in now with Kemba playing well. Kemba's playing. So well. And what I love about him on this team, and he kind of called it as soon as they knew Kyrie was leaving and they brought in Kemba. Kemba just fits this team like a glove because he absolutely knows that this is Tatum and Brown's team. And that he those the, care. the off No, and the offense but he runs can still for them. be an all-star. He is an all-star, and he is more than happy being able to make the shots that he needs to make. I mean, we remember from his college days at UConn. 
no shot on the floor at any point in the game phases him. He embraces those moments, and he's just a great facilitator. I mean, I know his defense leaves a lot to be desired, but you live with that because the rest of the defense on this team is so good. He fits this team like a glove, and we saw it all four games of this series. Absolutely. Um, Hayward, if they get to the third round, I think he'll be back, but he may miss this entire series. I feel so bad for Hayward, but there's times where I wonder if they're better off without him because it's just another guy you got to get the ball to, and you kind of sometimes have to just let whoever the hot hand is, Tatum or Brown, just cook. I just like Hayward out there, especially with the second unit, just because of his basketball IQ and playmaking ability. Um, Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I feel terrible for him just because since he signed that contract, not a single thing has gone right. No, it hasn't. And – He's a great he's a great player when he's right and he's healthy. I like your point about him being in the second unit and really leading them with his IQ. Yeah, it's a shame. You, you certainly feel bad for him, and I'm sure I know Boston's hoping that they get to the point in the playoffs where he'd be able to return. Yeah, for sure. You want to talk about the next series? I'd love to, man. So, Spider Mitchell, fifty-one yesterday. And are you surprised Utah's up 3-1? Because I am. And they've looked really fucking good. Even with Conley missing the first few games of this series, Mitchell's kind of just taken on this role of alpha, and, and he's played it well. I, I really am. Um, I thought with losing um, one of the – what are their last names? You know who I'm talking about. They're all, with, they're all, they're all the same well, European guys. Yeah, Bogdanovich had Bogdanovich, the wrist surgery during yeah. the hiatus. I thought with losing that guy, it would be tough for them to beat. I think he was going to be that extra piece that put him over the top. But Mitchell's really taken over, and it seems like Gobert's been a lot more aggressive. And Conley's taken the back seat that he needs to, and he's scoring more off the ball. Um, and then the game, the most recent game, which what was what was it last night? Yesterday, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think this Denver team goes as Murray goes, where Murray had like 47 last night, and they still lost. So I think this series is all but done. I and do, there's too. There's going to be three, a major one. shakeup in Denver, I think. There well could be, man, because there's some players on that team that might not fit. Um, Utah has surprised me, too. I, I'm in agreement with you there. Bogdanovich was such a major reason for, for why they were so deep and versatile and long. But having him out, you know, I don't think they even gave themselves a legitimate shot. That's why they kind of encouraged him to get that surgery during the hiatus where they were a six seed. And out of nowhere, they've just erupted. Joe Ingles has played well. Um, I give that team a lot of credit. Do they finish it up tomorrow in five, or does Denver find a way to get another game or two in the series? Um, I think Denver gets one more out of it. I think the Joker's too good of a player to go down in just five in the first round when he's got the supposed advantage. Yeah, you know and, and Mer- you know who's really sucked and he's a thirty million dollar player and just completely regressed is Millsap. He's not nearly the defender he used to be when he used to be able to defend two through four, um, and he's not the post player. He's pretty much just a spot up three point shooter and rebounder. I'm with you there, and I think he's asked to do a little too much on that team right now for his division skill set. Yeah, and again, too, is it's kind of been a whole year thing, right? It's not like it's just you can blame it on the bubble and no, him, this you, you know trying to get back in condition. Bubble. I think Embiid, no. you can absolutely blame on the bubble because he was killing it. This you cannot. Embiid just has that motor problem, though, and that kind of well, I that, think that Embiid, scares me. That's my point. I think Embiid shut the motor off. And took it out for the summer. Took it out and right. was getting its service for the summer when when they <laughs> when the quarantine began. Right. Whereas Millsap, really, it's just he's an older player and oh, Millsap's like thirty three. I think he's done, or he's yeah, up to he another not... point of his career. That's what it is. Yeah, I think he's still got use as a productive player left, just not to the level we've seen him. All right, no, Tom, guy off let's the bench get... that could fill it up. Yeah, for sure, and he, he's good for a second unit and good for a veteran team. Let's get into the most fun game, in my opinion, of the weekend, not even just the day. Luca Legend, baby. 43-17-13, hitting the dagger, game-winning three. Fucking unbelievable. What a game, but that was he had his first signature moment. You'd think he'd be 26-28. to 28. 
He's 21 years old, doing this to doing this to the defending champion Kawhi Leonard, um, who also had a great game in his own right. And, and no Porzingis. He knew what he had to do. Luca really knew what he had to do. He put this team on his back completely. And I would say Luca is battle tested going into the NBA. What do you think? Well, we both knew that for what he did in Europe. I just wanted I mean, to throw the battle the tested in there. A little, a little old, <laughs> the battle tested. Uh, it's been a long time, a long time. I have not been as reckless with that, uh, <laughs> with that description. But yes, we called it, man. Remember when the draft. Sunny I mean, Gray battle tested. Yeah, that's not one of my finer moments. I don't know what's worse, that or the uh, Kirk Cousins MVP. Either way, Ooh. neither of those were good. But oh. hey, I am happy to uh, happy to admit my fault. You're human, not bro. Perfect. Exactly. Can't exactly. Get them all hey, right, only I can. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Fuck that. Uh, Absolutely. Sperm bank not. pick of the week coming up soon, baby. <laughs> it's a couple weeks away. Oh man, that's gonna be fun, bro. Yeah, You're bringing I can't it wait. back. I can't fucking wait. Back. We're, a few, we're a few weeks out. But, no, I mean, we've been talking about this since the 2018 draft, and th- he had this potential. He has a level of magic to him. Not Magic Johnson, just the word, just magic. And, and he's he does things, he has this aura about him where you just know he's the fucking man. And he's 21, but he was dominating the second-best league in the world at age 18, 19, winning the MVP and the championship MVP for his team overseas, nothing phases this guy. He loved having that moment going up against Kawhi. And he did it all game. He's done it all series. And even when he looked absolutely gassed, dude, he could barely get the ball to the rim. Well, he's got an ankle injury, too. Right. And he was able to find his way to be able to make that shot when the whole world knew he was shooting. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah, that hezzy step back that he has – Apparently, is even when you know it's coming, and in that situation, you knew more than ever it was. It looks very unstoppable. It is almost completely unstoppable. Not to mention, you always have to know he's going to keep you honest with his impeccable court vision. I want to give a shout out to Trey Burke, though. What a fucking game he had yesterday! I think he had twenty-four, and he hit some huge shots down the stretch late in regulation to make sure that Dallas went into overtime. It, it was a tremendous back-and-forth game. Yeah, he's had uh, some in the league. Yeah, he has. I mean, and the tremendous, just overall gutty performance by that team. I loved it. But you know who wasn't gutty? Playoff P, your boy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I was going to call him <laughs> Playoff P, too. Listen, I saw that there was pictures and video of him icing his shoulder. And I don't – is this a real injury, Sean, or is this like a LeBron punching the uh, the whiteboard – cast on his hand kind of thing <laughs> well that that those are both real injuries just regardless of uh what severity or how you got them could be a bit okay fluky, yeah those no. are real injuries and my dick got caught in my zipper when i was peeing a couple days ago that's a real injury too but i'm not that is here, a real injury i'm not man. out here listen, complaining it, about it saying i can't work today listen that would be something <laughs> though that would be a real injury that would fucking be the worst thing in the world but yeah i mean we know paul george has had really bad shoulder injuries, but he kind of put that to bed before the bubble saying that he feels the most healthy he has in years. So he was having himself I, some games in the regular season too at towards the end listen, of the bubble. He's a, he's a damn good player, man. He should be able to put up numbers like that almost every night. The problem is that he doesn't. Well, he's Jamal. He's the best. He does the best Jamal Murray impersonation, even better than Jamal Murray. I mean, this is just, like I said on the pod on Thursday, I mean, this is just what Paul George is. It's, He's uh, an inconsistent star. He needs to go see a sports psychologist. I just don't know what his, like, I get that he's a very good defender. I get that he can fill it up. He's a three-dimensional scorer. He's he had a lot of too. huge. And pass. Yeah, he's he can had, do it all. He's had, a, he's had a lot of great years in the league, but... When the moments have been the brightest, he has not gotten it done. I just think that if you he needs all he needs to wake up and pretend that he's Patrick Beverly with that kind of confidence. If he pretends that he's Patrick Beverly and plays his game the way he should, he'd probably be better than LeBron. I mean, 
I mean, if he I just said, he... fuck it, I'm the, I'm the best player out here and I'm a dog, because Patrick Beverly plays above his head and he's been doing it since the day he stepped on the court in the NBA. The LeBron thing is strong. I just think he would be a more consistent, of course, that was dynamic example, player. But... <laughs> well, he would be, I just think that he, he lacks, he lacks that, that killer instinct. He would be in that tier right behind your version of a superstar. Right now he's like two or three because he's not consistent enough. But, I mean, this guy finished yeah. third in MVP last year. Listen, the talent, as we both have acknowledged, has never been a problem. But the killer instinct isn't there sometimes. He turns the off switch on a little too often, and he doesn't keep that motor running like he should all the time. And now after seeing this, that hurts. I don't think anybody's mentioned this, but after seeing George kind of fall apart like this, now I don't really fault Westbrook last year for trying to do it all on his own. Well, I mean, we've seen Westbrook try. I, I never fault Westbrook for trying to do it all on his own. I just know he can't. Yeah, but, I mean, last year he kind of <laughs> had to, so I can't blame him. Yeah, and he's just not – the his his skill set and the way he plays is not conducive to being a number one. And as much as he'd like it to be, it's just not feasible. But that was a problem, to your point, about both those guys on the same team is neither of them are number ones. They both like to be, but they're not. Yep. And we saw them both this past, last off season go to teams where they didn't have to be. So it's not as magnified. But if you're still going to be a damn good number two, you better show up in those moments as a damn good number two because every Batman needs their Robin to show up in those moments. And if they're not going to... If you're going to win a championship, to be a number one, you got to be on Kawhi level 100% of the time in the playoffs. Same with LeBron. LeBron's always on. You can count on him for it. Even looking at Luka now, he's a young guy. You can talk about it. He's always on. You're going to look at the stat line, and it's not going to be an empty stat line, and it's not going to be empty points either. Like, they're all going to count. They're all going to matter, and you're going to look at it, and it's going to be 30, 10, and 8. Right? I love and then, and Yes. Then a, and then a, a – what did you call it? Like a second a second player is going to have that stat line probably 90% of the time. A Clay Thompson has it 90% of the time. Even a Kyrie Irving, when he was with LeBron, has it 90% of the time. They're third stars right now. They're going to have it's Jamal Murray 75% of the time, maybe 80. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but again, that's how, that's why I make the criteria for superstars so strict is because a lot of guys can do it a couple of times and as prisoners of the moment, we're like, oh, this is who this is. I guarantee you that's what we were talking about with with Paul George four or five years ago. Is this is this guy? He's yep. this guy. Well, well I mean, we're doing we it right now. Him. We're doing it right now with Jamal Murray. You know, I was about to tell you Jamal Murray had a coming out party after Game One, and then what? Fourteen points after Game Two or whatever he had thirteen. And then that's I can tell why... you again tomorrow or yesterday that he had that he had forty seven. Another coming out party. Yep. What's going to happen yep. in Game in Game Five? Well, we don't know. And with a with the top superstar, based off my criteria, you never have to wonder. No, exactly. Oh, that's, again, why I grade it strictly and harshly is because there's a lot of people we give the superstar treatment to who aren't superstars because they don't do it time in and time out. And that's what separates the greats from the really, really, really goods. I mean, Chris Paul had a fucking day today. I mean, I've, I'm not going to now anoint him as another level in the point guard echelon after he wins a first round series to make it two, two, you know, like it's just, I've seen him fall a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. So, but anyway, fucking great game. I do think Luca has the makings to be that next guy though. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree with you more on that one, but that's why I think you got to put Giannis up there. I mean, I know he needs to do it more in the playoffs, but I mean, Giannis, he does it every single night, and he does it in 30 minutes instead of 40. Right, and that's why I was more, I, I was much more willing to give him that superstar treatment because, again, they're the one seed in the East. Because of him, that team is not only a playoff team, but a number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, last yeah, year, sure. he was the MVP. Like, I don't have to try to make up for that. Lillard hadn't been any of those things, and that's why I was kind of saying, yeah, I'm much more willing to give it to to Giannis, but then with those with that criteria comes harsher 
responsibilities, right? Like if he gets through Orlando and even gets through what we believe to be Miami, if he doesn't show up against Boston or Toronto, and that's the second straight year of being the one seed and an an improbable MVP, then I'm going to have to start saying, yeah, you're getting it done on all these levels, but now because of how good you've been, I need to grade you a little harsher. And again, it's not closing the chapter on what I think he could be. It's just putting him in the moment against people who have already done it. Oh, I'm, I'm on the same page. I agree with you there. I just had to understand your criteria for superstar because I think that's the only difference between mine and your opinion is I just have a lo- – I'm a little more of a loose grader. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I think that term, though, has allowed for that kind of subjective – feelings towards it because it's used so loosely so let's get back to the clippers i still think they're winning this series i don't think Kawhi lets them go down um i think you see him be even more involved to start to take over maybe he pulls paul george to the side and says get it fucking together bro i don't know what you need but maybe he you know gives him some of his robot advice I like the Clippers in this series too. Uh, yeah. I think it might. I, I think it goes seven because I think Luca has another great game in him, um, okay. and Porzingis might come back too. But yeah, I mean, let's not forget too. I mean, we've had some great championship teams that have been pushed to seven. I think that uh, 08 Celtic team was pushed to seven in the first round by an eight seeded Hawks. You know, we've seen the Heat when they were the, in their prime have a couple seven game series. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But you're yeah, right, including against uh, the Pacers, Kawhi- Paul George. Right. Yeah, 100%. Kawhi, Kawhi won't let them lose this series. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, what series do we have left? We just we just mentioned the Bucks. Um, I'm not really going to talk about that much. I think they, they take care of business against the Magic. Um, they're up 3-1. Thunder mm-hmm. tied it against the Rockets. This, honestly, I think the Rockets end up taking it, but... I want to say it's probably 65% Rockets in my brain and 45% um, Thunder. Well, how do you feel? Well, you or said four, well, 40, that's, that sorry, would be 65, 35. That would be, that would be <laughs> We're going 110% here, yeah. bro. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think so. <laughs> Matt's tough, man. Matt's tough. Uh, yeah, I think Houston wins this series, too. After tying the series up, though, and Chris Paul having a tremendous game four, I could see this going seven now. Yeah. That'll be a lot tougher for for Houston against their – who would they be playing, the Lakers or the um, the winner of the Lakers in Portland? I think they would get the Lakers. Yeah. Because, no, they would, get, they would get the Clippers because Utah would get the Lakers. Okay, Heat Pacers. Because Utah's the um, lowest seed. I, I don't have the score up right now. They're in commercial, but I believe the Heat are going to win this series. You and I like the Heat. Um, who would their matchup be in the next one? Uh, the Heat would play uh, Milwaukee. Hmm. Interesting series. The Heat have looked fucking awesome in this series. Yeah. Well, what did you say? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Indiana's a really good team. And the fact that Miami's been beating them the way that they've been beating them has been really impressive to me. I don't know how you feel. Oh, I agree completely. I think the Heat just have one of the best coaches in basketball and have real. they play their game. They don't, they don't try and fuck around. They know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to chuck up a lot of threes. They're going to offensive rebound, and they're going to defend. And you know what? When I look at how this Miami team has kind of taken on that persona of Jimmy Butler, it makes me much more excited to see what this team could do in a potential matchup with Milwaukee because they are really, really physically tough and mentally tough too. Yeah, and I think Jimmy Butler is one of those guys where he thinks he's a lot better. If if you could put Jimmy Butler's mentality in Paul George, it would be over. (laughs) That's true. Very true. And I think the Heat have taken that on, too, that part of his attitude where it's just like, I'm the fucking best out here. Even though they're not the most talented team and they they shouldn't feel that way, they do. Yeah, and they've kind of been proving people wrong all year. I don't think anybody predicted them to be 
as good as they were, right? I mean, I think well, we all agree turnaround they for Jimmy the, Butler, right? Yeah, and you could see why he wanted the fuck out of Philly too. Well, because yeah, he knew those other guys. Today. Yeah, well, he just knew that those other guys didn't have the dog in them that he has, and he didn't want to be a part of that group, and he wanted to go somewhere where he could really be the guy, and he could kind of mold the young players into that into that same mindset. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I like I like the Heat in this series. I think you do as well. Yeah, the only question is whether they finish up the sweep today, but they're they're winning, they're winning now, this. I believe. Yeah, they're winning the series easily anyway. And the last one to go to, sir, Lakers-Portland tonight, game four with the Lakers up 2-1. Big performance by AD in game three. Uh, they needed that one. And how do you see the series going with game four tonight and then going forward? I think tonight Portland figures out a way to win. I think they exploit all of the Lakers' weaknesses, and it ends up going seven, but the Lakers are still going to win. Yeah, I think so too. I think this series has something all over it. Yeah, but I just don't think LeBron lets them get beat. And I think, honestly, the Lakers, whoever they play in the second round, have an easier time with that team than they do their first-round opponent in Portland. Totally agree. Because we knew that the momentum Portland had and the way Dame was playing, that they could catch fire, especially because the Lakers just had nothing to play for in their first eight games down here. And we we saw that. Yeah, and they may be the best eight seed ever after getting Nurkic back and getting Melo fully integrated and all that good stuff. I think they may be one of the better eight seeds of all time. They're up there for sure. Um, just because of the talent that they possess and the potential they have too, because any night they could be one of the three or four best teams, not only in the West, but in the entire NBA, especially yeah. if Dame puts on an all-time Dame performance. I still have the Lakers winning this series. I believe you do as well. We already mentioned that. Yeah, six six games for me. Six? And, uh, I've got it seven, and then I think the Lakers have an easy, breezy second round. Um, you want to move on to some off-the-court NBA news? I would, and why don't we start with Philly? Okay. Um, like I said before, we I kind of wanted before to wait cry. now after we, after we went through all. Yeah, before you cry again about your Knicks. But, yeah, I figured after all the series, it was good to talk about this because Brett Brown was relieved of his duties today. And I've been on the record on this podcast before saying I don't know if it's all his fault. I know he's probably not the right coach for the job, and that's fine. But I felt like he had to fall on the sword of a, of a poorly configured roster with a lot of great players that don't fit two quote-unquote stars that – have their on-off switch off way too often, and just the process didn't work. I, I think that right now we start looking at ways where this team, in my opinion, starts over. They're going to pick Simmons, and I think they've got to just blow this whole fucking thing up. You said they're going to run it back. Why do you think that? I think because every coach, including either if you or I walked in there, would say, I think I'm going to be the one to to get these guys to play together. I'm going to be the one to light a fire under Joel Embiid's ass. And there let's figure out a way to trade Tobias the Tobias Harris contract and get some other better players in here. Yeah, the hard part with that is untradeable, but that's how they're feeling. Yeah, he's as close to untradeable as it gets and we know in the world of the NBA it takes one stupid GM to say I'll take on that deal. They don't really have anybody else that would be a good throw-in other than because Philly's draft picks aren't that bad. So it, it, trying to just take Tobias Harris is going to be a tall Josh order. Josh Richardson's you know, that's a nice yeah. piece. I guess you could trade yeah. Matthias. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Thibault is a guy you want to hold on to because of that perimeter defense he has, and his offense got a little better as the year went on. I agree with you. I just think they're going to try and run it back just based off the fact that they want to give the coach at least one year to try and figure it out. And I think it really depends on um, who's in charge and what the ownership says. I mean, if the ownership wants to run it back with these two guys who are the cornerstones of their franchise, I think they're probably going to tell the GM, hey, 
you can have this job, but it comes with the contingency that you have to hold on to these guys for at least a year. And I think, really, we'll have to see how, if Elton Brand gets moved, how long it takes for them to get a GM. Because if it takes a while, you can tell that they're trying not to move these guys. Yeah, to your point, Elton Brand was told he was going to retain his job. Ooh. Um So it looks like he's... Yeah, so maybe that guess on ownership, telling him you can keep your job with the contingency that you're going to win with this team, or at least try to running it back. I, I, I don't believe that you can continue to do this. This is the second year now in a row where they fell short. And I know last year came under crazy circumstances with that wild Kawhi shot. And if they win that game in that series, who would, who knows what could have happened, but what, what happened is what happened. And they went home early last year and I know Simmons was hurt, but they struggled all year, dude. They were one of the worst road teams in the entire NBA this year. They had a worse road record than your Knicks. And I'm sorry, if you're going to take that next step with building around Simmons and Embiid, you you don't have that. These two guys don't make sense together. They both take up way too much of the center of the court. Simmons is not a shooter. He's a great facilitator. He's a great defender. Embiid likes to shoot way too many threes for my liking, but partially because... He knows that he can't just sit down in the middle of the post, right? Because, you know, Simmons has to operate there. You also have an Al Horford who I still think is a damn good player, just had no position on this team. And Tobias Harris needs the ball to be a scorer. You can't be a third or fourth scoring option on a team, which is what he was. Neither of those guys' skill sets, I thought, eroded. They just don't have a position. So you're going to have to blow it up with either getting rid of one or two of those guys or you're going to have to – make the decision between Simmons and Embiid, and I think Embiid's the one that you got to move because everybody knows a center is not going to be the person that you build a team around to win a championship with. No, not anymore. Not in 2020. Uh, I'm on the same page with you, and I think it's pretty telling that they were probably going to give Jimmy Butler that Tobias Harris contract, and he turned it down. He turned it down because he was there, and he saw that these are not guys who have that killer instinct and the and that championship desire and that burning desire to win. I, I, I don't know what it is. They both seem like they want to win. They're both incredibly talented. But something's missing there. I don't think it's just the head coach. Um, the personalities seem fractured. The relationships seem fractured. It was a very poorly put together team. But we've been saying that all year. Yeah, it's this is nothing new. We're gonna have to see who they hire, and we can we can comment off of that. Um, what's the second thing? Who you do you think are good options to take over? They've already mentioned Ty Lue. I think another guy is your former, um, the Nets former head coach. What's his face? Um, Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson's another guy, although he's more known, I guess, for the one job that he did as a as a player development guy, and these guys are yeah, kind of can... superstars. Um, Ty yeah. Lue, who managed probably the most difficult superstar maybe in the history of the NBA. I think he'd be good for the job, managing a lot of personalities, including Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and J.R. Smith on the same team. Yeah, and getting them to win, right? Which is and something David Black couldn't do. Yeah. Um, J- David um, Black couldn't even get him to sit in the same fucking room. Um I'm trying to think a few other guys. I mean, Pop would be great, but I don't think Pop's going to leave for that job. I think he'd rather go to the Nets. I think what do you D'Antoni, think about Jason Kidd? D'Antoni would be interesting if he gets fired. I don't like Jason Kidd as a head coach, period. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think he should be a head coach. I don't really like how sneaky he's being trying to stab Frank Vogel in the back either. Yeah, that. If there's, a, if there, listen, if anywhere in Disney, sense. they better have well lit and camera covered staircases. Because if there's a dark <laughs> one without cameras, he's gonna bring, he's gonna find his way over there with Vogel and push him down it. I can tell you this: after the Lakers lost Game One to Portland, he took, he moved his seat like two more inches over towards Vogel's to be like, you know that I'm coming for this job, right? Exactly. You lose on mine yeah I, I think Ty Lue makes a lot of sense I thought he made a lot of sense for um for New Orleans 
to take over that job. I think he makes a tremendous amount of sense. See, I like uh, you, I like Atkinson Nets. better down there. I like Atkinson in Chicago because that team really is in need of a full. They need their quote unquote stars to really take that next step and be a little bit more okay. developed. And I think just because of how young they are, it, it makes a lot of sense. New Orleans, I think, has a couple. You got Drew Holiday, you got Lonzo, you've got going to give the max to Ingram. You've got Zion, obviously. I think a, a, a more experienced coach, as far as having stars or willing to take stars to the next level, uh, would make sense there more so than an Atkinson who's known for taking, you know, a pile of dog shit and molding it into a playoff team. The the Pelicans are already there. Yeah, that's true. All right, so we're going to have to see. I think the best candidate right now is probably the one that was reported, which is Ty Lue. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I think Ty Lue. Just for the sake of managing superstars. X's and O's, he might not be the best coach, but for, I mean, he puts together decent lineups and he can deal with Embiid and Simmons and and Harris and everybody else. Yeah, and let's keep this as a reminder, too. We're under the impression that they're going to do two different things. You think that they're going to hire a coach to run this back with. I think that they're going to hire a coach with a whole new roster. Um, so we'll see which one ends up taking shape because it's going to be a fascinating offseason. I think if they hire Ty Lue, I don't know who you think they're going to hire, but I think if they hire Ty Lue, they're sticking around. Yeah, I, I mean, there's still going to be a talented team. They can't trade everybody, right? So No, I think if they trade... hire Ty Lue, they're running the whole thing back, and they think he can manage it better. Yeah, you very well might be right. I and mean, They might make one move and bring Ty Lue in anyway because it's still the Eastern Conference, and they'll still have talent where they think that he can make whomever is there uh, coexist and, and take that next step. Speaking of coaches, big report today from Shams, uh, The Athletic, that the Nets are prepared to go full out for Greg Popovich, which obviously would be a tremendous move. He would have the support completely of Kyrie and Durant, not only support but full respect. Remember, he coached them on the Olympics teams. A, do you think this has a chance of happening? And B, would this be a great move for my Nets? So basically the report was, the Nets want Greg Popovich. Well, guess what? I want a trillion dollars, but we can't always get what we want. There doesn't seem like there's any merit to this or any interest on the other side. There may be. There may very well be, but my sources haven't told me anything yet. Your sources? Yes, my sources. Who um, are your sources? I, if I reveal them, they won't be sources anymore. Now, will they? Um, <laughs> they but yeah, won't be course. anonymous anymore. Yeah, they wouldn't be anonymous sources. But, and they wouldn't be my sources anymore because they'd call me a backstabber and a scumbag. Um, but I think, obviously, it'd be a great fit. I think he deals... Like, it's not even that he deals well with superstars. It's just the level of respect that he demands and that he gets. Even a guy like Kyrie, who, let's be honest, he's a head case, would respect him and listen to him. So, yeah, I think it's a great move for the Nets. I think they should pay him whatever it takes. Yeah, I... I would put my money on it not happening, but the reasons that it could. What's that? I said, as as do I. I think he's he's a staple in San Antonio. He's not going to leave. Um, I don't think he's going to leave that area. I think he's going to retire a spur. Yeah. It, I, let's put it this way. If he's going to leave the Spurs, it would be for this job. And like I said, I don't think if I were to put my money on it, I would say it won't happen. But here are the reasons why it could. He is probably three, four, five years left, right? And the Spurs are probably about three, four, five years away again. This is the first year they've missed the postseason in 20 years. They don't have a team right now currently constructed that's set up to win, you know, it'd be anything more than a low playoff season, seven or an eight, going forward. And the question is, does Pop want to be part of a rebuild? Usually coaches at this point of their careers, they don't want to be part of a rebuild. Let's not forget, too, that he has two of the most respected assistant coaches under him. Becky Hammond, who was up for a couple of head coaching positions that she turned down. Let's not dismiss that. Um, and also Tim Duncan, who he's been grooming as his, a potential heir apparent as well. So you've got Becky Hammond, you've got Tim Duncan, who know the franchise very well, have the respect of the players already in that room. 
um, and could be set up going forward. So Pop could say to the, to RJ Buford and say, hey, this team is set up. Uh, the next dynasty is going to be led by one of these two. And I want to finish off my career in a place where I think I can win a championship because I only have three or four years left. That would be the only way it could happen. Like I said, I still wouldn't put my money on it, but I don't think it's impossible. Agreed. Uh, I think you'd be pretty happy about it either way. I'd be ecstatic. I mean, again, you're getting Belichick. You're getting you're getting Pat Riley. You're getting one of the best head coaches in. You'd actually be getting Popovich. We're talking about. We're not talking about Belichick or Pat Riley. I didn't know. I just want to make sure you knew. <laughs> I mean, five <laughs> championships. Five yeah. championships. Yeah. Uh, with two different runs with the same nucleus. Obviously, all of his accomplishments, coaching as the uh, head USA basketball coach, too. So it's an it's an exciting thing to talk about. Was uh, he head? We'll he was never head. Yeah, he was the head coach of, of USA basketball for a little bit after Krzyzewski. Well, Krzyzewski coached the last Olympics, right? I don't believe so. I think it's Pop, man. I don't you got to look so, that up. I'm, all right. I'm almost positive it's Pop. You could be right. Way, I don't we'll really get... care that much. I don't think the fans care that much. Let's talk about my Knicks. What I'm going to be short. But it matters. I'm going to be short and sweet with this one. I can. T- somebody tweeted us at Sorry Sports. Who coached the last Olympic? Uh, coached the last Olympic gold medal basketball team? Or I can look it up while we talk about the Knicks. But I want to make this short and sweet. I'll look it up. You talk about your Knicks getting the eighth pick. I want to make this short and sweet, okay? This is just the Knicks' luck. You can't even get luck right. That's how much of a joke this fucking franchise is. You get the eighth pick. Luckily, I'm being a glass-half-full guy right now for you, Sean. It's a bad draft, so I don't really care because the other side of the luck would be the Knicks only get one number one overall pick. They get it this year in the worst draft since, God, probably pre-2000. You there, buddy? You looking it up? Yeah. Um, he took over in 2017, so good call. He coached uh, – Sushetsky coached 2016, so he took over, and he was in the world – Popovich was with the world team uh, last year when they were competing. Uh, Not a big deal. In the deal. preliminaries. Uh, I'm used to being no, right. But, um, yeah. So, well, <laughs> giving you credit. <laughs> Thanks, bud. So I'm not that disappointed because it's a down draft. Um, I mean, you want to get the number one overall pick in every draft. Even as even with the pick, just as an asset to trade for guys that are more sure things, but I mean, my hope right now is that you know people don't see a lot of guys work out as often as they usually do because of COVID, and James Wiseman falls to the Knicks at eight. That's what I want. You want James Wiseman? I just think he's a positionless basketball player. I think he can shoot. I've been watching some high school highlights because I was all in on him. I think he can shoot a little bit more than he was allowed to at Memphis for the 10 minutes that he played there. And I think, honestly, he's a he could be a stretch three that could defend, you know, four to five positions. He could be a four or he could be a five, maybe a bam out of bio with a better jump shot. Um, well, but yeah, I hope he falls to the next. Bam for sure. Well, he's a little skinnier, right? A little more slender. Hey, you'll you'll get a good player at eight. You hope now is that will you though? In this draft? Yeah. Well, sure, because good players are found all the time, even in weak drafts. You might not get a superstar. You might not get a perennial all star, but you should get a good player to help your team. Your hope is now is that you actually have people in the room who are making the decisions, who can identify talent, project talent, and then you have a head coach who can actually make that talent happen. Because that's not what took place with Knox, with Nidalkina. Uh Obviously, Barrett, we think, is going to be a good player. But it's, uh, I still, don't, you know, I still it's hold that pick. hope for Knox, Nidalkina, Robinson, and obviously Barrett. Well, Robinson was picked in the second round, so he's different. I'm just talking about players you've picked in the lottery who have not turned out to play like lottery players, regardless yeah. of whether we hold that hope for him or not. Oh, of course. Um, so that's that about wraps up NBA. There's not much else to say. Fucking Dolan and his jazz jazz band continue to curse us. Maybe they're just too good of a band. You can't have both, right? Yeah, and, and the Rangers got the number one overall pick after making the uh, qualifying round, 
losing and they found a way to draft first and they're going to get from every indication uh, like a transcended wing uh, at number one, like the best wing prospect since Patrick Kane. So all of the good luck is being used on his jazz band and the Rangers, but not on the Knicks. Sell the fucking team, asshole. All right, moving on to the MLB. <laughs> I think we spoke last on Thursday and the Yankees have yet to play a game since. So there's really not much to say about that. Not much to say about that. Paxton and Torres officially went on the IL. So today. two more players uh, to get their penises caught in zippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm shit, man. I'm telling you, that's painful. And if you had it happen to you, I'm surprised you're making fun of it. Probably just to numb the pain. It was just my it was just my injury insult. That's all. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, pal. Uh, but yeah, so those two guys are going to be on the ten day IL. Judge is supposed to come back off tomorrow when they head to Atlanta. And they're going to play five games in three days against the Mets this coming weekend. Uh, Doubleheader Friday, regular game Saturday, doubleheader Sunday with the last makeup against the Mets set for September 3rd. A lot of those games are probably going to be seven. Well, the doubleheader games have to be at least seven innings. Yeah, that's that's a regular game unless it goes into extras, which would be an eighth inning. All right. Uh, And then I'm trying to see what else. Trade deadlines a week Padres away. Padres are amazing. I, I, I'm going to give you – I want to ask you this because I'm going to give you the MLB's power rankings. And they okay. finally got the asshole Houston Astros out of there. And, and I fi- I'm finally happy about it because I disagreed with when they had them in there because they've been playing terrible. So I have it pulled up here. I'm going to give you I thought they, went on a, they were on a run where I think they won like eight in a row. Yeah, but they just got their asses clapped by the Padres. Um, they did. So I'm going to go over the but top. But prior to that, they had won eight in a row. Did they? Was it eight? Yeah, they were on a fucking run. All right, I'm going to give you the top ten. Padres, ten. White Sox, nine. My White Sox, nine. Yours. Braves, eight. My Braves. I've been rooting heavy for them. Indians, seven. Cubs, six. Rays, five. Yankees, four. I think they should be dropped significantly. Um, Twins three, Athletics two, and Dodgers one. I'm in agreement with that, except for the Yankees. I think they should be pushed back. I would just flip the Yanks and Rays. I mean, the Yanks, remember, they they lost three in a row, but before that they had won six in a row. So I, it's not like they went on a nine-game losing streak. But if Tampa beats the Yankees for three in a row, I know they unfortunately were in the circumstance where they got to play games or the Yankees didn't, but come on, the Yankees don't belong ahead of Tampa right now. No, not not after you get swept. No, just swept them four and five. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm in agreement with the rest of that list. I like it. Padres are so fucking fun to watch. Do you see that they had a grand slam in five of six games? Yeah, and that's like a big fuck you to the Rangers and their manager. Oh, it's great, Jace Tingler. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, they they both those managers should have been fired. Um, trade deadline coming up. Anybody you think is going to get moved? Anything you'd like to see specifically for the Yankees or just around baseball in general? I'm fascinated to see what Cleveland does with Clevenger and Plesak. Remember the two pitchers that were uh, sent to the alternate site after uh, going out in Chicago a few weeks ago? And I'll take them both. All of, all, <laughs> I would to all their teammates – just basically saying, like, we don't want any part of these guys. Like, they broke our trust. We They can't get back from it. Police act doing that horrible, quote-unquote, apology. The worst apology, maybe of all time. We've seen a lot of them in sports, but that one was super bad with him driving in the car without a seatbelt, talking about how it's the media that's out to get him. Not a good look by Zach Plesak. Um But Clevenger, top-tier arm, obviously. I think the question going to be with the Indians is, are you going to sell these guys low? I mean, there's going to be a market for them. How desperate are you to get rid of one or both of them? Because they're under team control for a long time. And Not both to mention could really assets, help a championship they're the number team. seven-ranked team in baseball. Yeah, th- those two names are fascinating to me. The rest of the moves, I think, are going to be a lot like we saw with the Phillies and Red Sox, where the Phillies acquired uh, Brandon Workman and Keith Hembree, two middle relievers from the Red Sox. Red Sox are really just saying, hey, we're, we're throwing up our hands here and just take these guys and we'll take you know a mid-tier prospect here and there and some cash considerations to get off these salaries. You're going to see San Francisco unload probably a Cueto, a Samarja, uh, 
those kind of guys. Uh, Seattle already traded uh, Vogelbach, who they DFA'd the other day to Toronto. Those are going to be more of the moves we're going to see. I don't know how much action of big names we're going to see because teams are still trying to, A, figure out who they are, and B, see if they could possibly be a playoff team. And teams, especially this year, are not going to be anxious to forego the postseason because they've got to get some money back from all the money that they've lost this year. So it's going to be fascinating, man. I, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, um, I think, honestly, especially with the extended playoffs, you have to be a Red Sox bad team to make a trade right now or to at least to be on the uh, to be on the prospect side of the trade. Right, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of trades you're going to see happen because you're going to try to get a team's top-tier prospects. I mean, maybe those Indians pitchers are going to be the only way that happens. Another name is a Michael Gibbons, the reliever from uh, Baltimore, who seems mm-hmm. to be on the trade block every single summer and winter. Yeah, I don't goes think anywhere, the though. Orioles... No, I don't think the Orioles are anxious to get a top prospect. I think they're probably just looking to sell them off and and alleviate themselves from that salary. But those are going to be more of the moves we see. I think it's going to be a lot like the August 31st deadline of the past where all the major moves were made in July. Um, But who knows, man? We're a week away. Does it feel like a regular trade deadline hype for you, or can you just not even really feel it? No, I feel nothing. I mean, with baseball, I really feel nothing. I'm happy (laughs) I'm happy it's back, but I'm more focused on the bubble right now. Um, yeah, I really don't. Care. I need that as an all-time. I need that as an all-time drop from you. I feel nothing. <laughs> when it comes to Major League Baseball, I hate to say it, <laughs> but when they threw up literally all of the Yankees on the IL, I'm I'm obviously still keeping track. I'm still watching games, but I don't care. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because if they start winning and they get into the playoffs and you're all, you know, hyped no, up. I don't care right now. I will game. be back. I will be back. <laughs> you are all over the place, bro. Give you me a week, bro. The... I'm so upset about the Yankees. Give me a week. You almost dropped baseball altogether for NYCFC. Then you got back on the horse. They lose three games and now you're out again. It's not the fact that they lost three games. If they lost three games and they were healthy, I'd just say I'd blame Boone and I'd say they fucking suck or I'd blame whoever blew the games, whatever. But there's nobody for me to blame right now, so I'm just upset and I need like a week <laughs> to mourn. We had, we had a good therapy session. Are you listening to our pod? I was like, boy, that was depressing. I'm glad we tried to get to basketball as soon as we could. I'm still there, bro. All right. Um... But anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, We'll see what happens next Monday. Earl Thomas, what the fuck? Well, I don't think it. I don't think it was just. And everybody's saying this; it's clearly true. I don't think it was just because he got in a little physical altercation with a with a teammate of his. Because that shit happens all the time in training camps. You get a little testy um, with some of your teammates. So clearly, this has been a long time coming. Long time coming. Uh, he wants to be a cowboy. I think the Cowboys are going to poach him. Yeah, I agree. Weird uh, summer for safeties. We saw Jamal Adams talk his way out of the Jets and go to Seattle, and now Earl Thomas's former team picked up a guy who they hope is going to be as good as him, and now Baltimore figures, hey, we're better without you. We don't need your shit. Earl Thomas has caused a lot of problems with two fucking – hallmark franchises in the yeah. last few years and when it comes to jamal adams whether we have a season or not see you later thank you for your time i'll take the picks people need to stop prioritizing safeties that's what i'm gonna say hey come on i don't care even if they're at the best of their position safeties don't matter as much as other positions and i think we see some of that frustration manifest with an earl thomas and a jamal adams because their teams are not treating them the way they want to be treated like prima donnas because their position doesn't dictate that they should be. Yeah, very true. All right, you ready to talk about golf? you got to talk to me about DJ here. Um, well, DJ obviously dominated the Northern Trust, or I'm thinking about naming it, to, renaming it the uh, Dustin Johnson Dick Swinging Competition. <laughs> Invitational? <laughs> he just pulled out his fucking dick, didn't get it caught in the zipper at all. Clean. Oh, no. And just slapped it all over the course. Was Paulina holding it for him? Oh, 
Polina. <laughs> I'm glad you know. I'm glad you know who his significant other is. I don't think there's a way that you could be a fan of his and not know that. I don't know if there's a way you could know who he is and not know that. Yeah. Well, needless to say, he won this. He won this golf round. He won this golf tournament by, I believe, seven strokes. Possibly more. I'm pulling up the leaderboard right now. Um, he was minus thirty. Hello, you there, Sean? <laughs> Sean, you there? You, you awake? That's he was minus thirty. That's fucking 30. insane. Harry English at number two was minus nineteen. So clearly, this course gave up a lot of birdies, a few eagles. It was a relatively uh, simple course to play, but a minus thirty. Jesus Christ. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't even know I how that stared, happened. When I was making the, my foursome last week, I stared at Justin Dustin Johnson for a good five minutes, and I said, uh, "I don't think he'll show up this week." And I went with my guys, and how did my guys do? Not great. <laughs> what? What I did they do? I believe I took do? a Webb Simpson, and he finished sixth. Um, but you I took mean, you took the two assholes, DeChambeau and Reed. How'd yeah, they do? And I don't even know. I think that neither of them made the cut. <laughs> honestly, you were I, caught up in DJ, man. But it's hard not to be. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble. I'm really scrolling far. Yeah, he, fin- DeChambeau finished an even par, and I still have yet to see Patrick Reed. Um, where did Joel Damon? Where did he end up? Let me get a look. You tell me, man. This is your deal. Tyler Duncan. I'm looking for Johnny Damon here. Obviously, Johnny Damon didn't play. Yeah, fuck it. I don't know where Joel Damon is, but let's get back to Dustin. Let's get back to Dustin Johnson because he actually, he actually matters. Um, that was a rough little couple seconds for you, bud. I tried to keep the fans entertained with some. Well, you sure talk. did that. Johnny Damon had a had a week. <laughs> um, let's go over his rounds really quick. All right. Round one. Let's. I mean, listen, and I should have seen the writing on the wall because since Dustin missed the cut a couple tournaments ago, he finished second last week in the major, and he has just been, or a few weeks ago in the major, because last week I don't think was the major. I don't know. It's every fucking week now. I'm having trouble keeping track. Um, oh, yeah. Last week was the first week of the FedEx playoff. No, this was. This was okay. Last week was last week was the last round you could qualify for it. Well, that being said, I mean he has he has hit in the sixties in every single round for eleven rounds straight. Now, fucking Jesus. Thursday, he has a sixty-seven mediocre for the re- for the rest of the weekend, but a sixty-seven finishes minus four. He did have two bogeys on the round, Sean. Okay. Wow. Round two. What a bomb. Round two, minus 11, shoots a 60, very close to joining the 59 club with, I believe, only two other players. Their names deceived me. Didn't shoot a single bogey that day. And had two eagles, by the way. Good Lord. And then he keeps it up with a 64, one bogey on that day in the third round. And in the fourth round... My, he shoots a 63 minus eight, so he clearly even with the rain delay it did not fall off. Ends up going minus 30 and just like I said, pulled out his dick and just said, "Everybody, here it is. Take a look." It's too bad Pepka wasn't there to suck it after what he said <laughs> to about him at the U.S. Open. That's true. Or at the That's PGA. true. It's it's <laughs> it's a goddamn shame that Kepka did not make the playoffs. But obviously he is number one in the FedEx Cup ranking. And he has catapulted himself to number one in the world. And next week's event, I don't even honestly, I'm, don't quote me on this, but mathematically, I don't even think he'd have to play it to stay in the top thirty to move on to the week after that. But I, I bet you he probably still plays it. All right, now Tom, before uh, before we go, uh, you're gonna tweet out your foursome later in this week before Thursday, right? Yes, this is for the BMW Championship coming up on Thursday. Honestly, I want to give everybody an actual chance, so I want to do a little more research. Just in case somebody's gambling off this, I don't want to throw out random picks and then have Bryson DeChambeau finish fucking even for the tournament and miss the cut. 
So what an honorable days, man you are. I will tweet it out and then you and I will discuss it post. Correct. They will be I'm out ready. before Thursday. I can say that. Good. Excellent. All right, everybody, listen to that and listen to the words of Chris Paul. Register to vote and then vote if you haven't, uh, if you're not ready to yet. So that's all I got. Tom, we good? Yeah, I just got to say one more thing. This Postmaster General thing is a little sketchy, is it not, Sean? Oh, it's beyond sketchy. You want to see the end of of democracy coming, just stay tuned for the next few months because that's what we're getting. Yes, I hope. um, I believe he had a Congress hearing today. I don't know what happened. I don't know if you were locked in on that, but I'm hoping um, people in the positions of power can do the right thing here, huh? I wasn't locked in, um, but the news will not be hard to get. So everybody, go get that news, stay tuned, and just be prepared for what's going to be a really scary time uh, in the yeah, next it's few gonna be, of this election. Especially for people, I don't know how to put this, in the inner cities and whatnot. Um, it's going to be difficult to vote. Um, people that support Trump are going to have an easier time, just given the demographics. But you got to do what you can. And I, I think that, honestly, in my opinion, and, and I feel like you say this every four years, Voting day should be a national holiday. I don't understand yeah, should, how it isn't. It shouldn't be that hard, especially this year going through a global pandemic. Let's get rid of Columbus Day because he wasn't uh, as great of a guy as as um, he's kind of portrayed to be. And let's just make no. voting day. Yeah, I mean, election day is a thing, but it's not really honored by a lot of corporations, companies, and places. No, but my my point, it has nothing to do with it being honorable or a great holiday. I just want to give a majority of the general public the ability to have an easier time to get out there and vote. Well, that's why it should be more than just a title, and it should have more action to it. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, I don't care. Because it's guess. on the calendar. It's, it's acknowledged, but it's not properly executed and especially this year it's i don't i can't recollect a time where it's more important especially where it's going to be hard to get out to the polls in a lot of places especially with covid and a lot of people aren't going to want to go out and wait in line for however long with masks on and and it, it's a hard thing to do more so these mail-in ballots now my friend fucking a man it's it's ridiculous we'll talk more about it in the coming months because uh, it's going to be impossible to avoid let's just hope that everything obviously goes the way it needs to and and everybody make your voice heard please absolutely listen to chris paul listen to chris paul listen to us listen to us every week or if not just play us fast forward through it and vote okay Goddamn right Give us the play. All right, so we'll be back next week. I will be tweeting out my picks later in the week. Sean's got three articles cooking up for SorrySports.com. Three that's, articles. That's we, news we to do have, we do We do have an NFL preview that we need to do in a few weeks, too. Whoa, yes, absolutely. That's coming up. Uh, possible college football to talk about. Who knows? Um, Sean, I got to ask you one more question before we go. Have you listened to – No, I didn't Apple? listen yet. All right, well no. – uh, you know what? Don't speak to me until you have, all right? <laughs> I'll speak to you whenever I can, which all isn't right. that often other than the pod. But I will – I told you I'll listen to it. I didn't tell you when. Maybe we'll get it's out on the golf up. course next week, okay? <laughs> we'll have it playing. All right. All right. Later, man. Everybody Take have care, a good everybody. one. Take care, everybody.